Hey, welcome back to Let's Talk About It with Jackie and Megan. Where we like to talk about things that are messy, awkward, hard, or controversial and create a space for healing. Hey guys, today we're talking to Lauren Jorez, who is a digital creator and freelancer who discusses sustainability, slow living, and personal topics such as faith and her divorce story across her platforms. You can kind of just tell our audience who you are and about yourself as we get started, if they don't know who you are already. Um, Yeah, so I'll just start here. Um, I grew up in Central California, and I had a pretty happy childhood. My parents um, have and still are, um, you know, always been together, always been in love. um, And I feel like I had a really great picture of what a, a healthy marriage should look like from them. Um, and I started dancing when I was two years old. Um, and I stuck, stuck with that and stuck, um, just not competitive dance, but, um, just performing kind of like with a traveling performance group as I grew up and did that all the way through to senior year of high school. Um, And my high school experience was a little bit different than most. I um, was actually at a new tech high school, which basically, I think they were all over the U.S., but they're um, project-based learning. So instead of tests and like just sitting in rows and you're just, you know, sitting straight forward and taking notes and doing tests, um, you actually sit in groups and then you present to a panel of adults at the end of um, a few months of you working on a project And, um, that's where I learned how to advocate for myself and, um, how to public speak and as well as, uh, what I wanted to do with my career. Um, so it was a really amazing high school experience. Um, I'm really passionate about animal rescue. I have a senior cat who's joining us now. His name is Bilbo. Um, (laughs) and, um, I eat, plant-based whole foods. That's, um, I'm actually just coming back to eating that way. And it has just a kind of been a lifestyle switch. So that's been really great. Um, love all things cottage course. So I think like English countryside and, um, very much like a slow living kind of approach to my life as well. Um, and like the last two things, and I think while we're, why we're all here is I was married at 18 and I was divorced at 21 years old this past August of 2022. And um, we moved together from California to um, to Ohio together, yeah, in 2021. So that's just a little <laughs> mean in a nutshell, but yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. I could see your cat in the mirror a little bit. Oh there. my gosh, cute <laughs> walking by. Yeah, and also I, it's so funny we we found you through your YouTube channel, and it was you talking about mm-hmm. your divorce. But um, that's not what I found most interesting about you. I oh found my- like your aesthetic. I just is yeah. so amazing. I follow you on Instagram, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I love her. <laughs> just Thank her you. whole vibe is so cool. Um, and just very like, calm. Like yeah, I watch your yeah. stuff, and I'm like, oh, that's very calm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I I think that it's um definitely like I was just talking about this with my therapist yesterday is like mm-hmm. it's a, it's a form of escapism which she's like it's not mm-hmm. necessarily like a bad thing to like <laughs> have something that you like can escape to in your mind but it's I think 
there it's a helping coping mechanism for me to focus on slow living and like dreaming about a life that I would like to live one day like I'm not I guess totally caught up in like this fantasy realm like I could never like achieve which is again not totally unhealthy but it's just um I think for me focusing in on like this cottagey dreamy feel of life has helped me so much to like when things do get hard I can like kind of go to that happy place and be like okay like I am working on myself right now and I'm working toward these goals so that one day I can have something like that and live like a peaceful as peaceful of a life as I can live um so yeah I think it's been it's been good <laughs> yeah well yeah I love love your apartment love your everything yeah. um it's definitely and the way that you film videos is really cool too I feel like you're so talented Thank um you. So it's just like very pleasing to watch all of your videos. Um, But also something Megan and I could relate on is that you're also Christian. Yeah. Uh, We're both Christians. And uh, that's also why we wanted to talk with you today, because a lot of people don't talk about going through a divorce as a Christian. There's definitely, I don't know, not like a stigma, but it's something that people don't want to talk about if that's something that they've experienced. And I think it's something that really needs to be talked about because we have, we know people that have gone through it and it was a really hard experience for them, especially because growing up, yeah, as a Christian. So if you could tell us a little bit about what you learned about marriage and divorce um, growing up as a Christian, I assume, I assume that you did grow up as a Christian. Yes. Yeah. So I um, grew up, I, I don't think I was really raised in a non-denominational um, church. I think it was Nazarene, um, but I identify as a non-denominational Christian now. Um, but yeah, I, I grew up as a Christian and in the church, I didn't really know like what that meant. Like I, I think I, I remember one night, I think I was like five and I was like getting into the bath and I was like, Jesus, I want to ask you into my heart. Like that kind of a thing. Like I, <laughs> I did have that like longing to like be in a relationship with Jesus at a very mm. young age, which I love that so much. And I like would pray with my stuffed animals every night and like definitely wanted to, um, yeah, wanted to be in relationship with him, but I don't think I fully understood what that meant until probably like after the divorce honestly like I mean I knew I was in relationship with him and I was like walking with the Lord like my entire life but I don't I didn't know what it was like to have your faith tested and for to have like your faith um I have to like really rely on Jesus in every single moment and like what that really looks like. So (laughs) yeah, I, um, I guess like to answer that question, um, I grew up learning that divorce, first of all, isn't an option. Like like, you can't get divorced. Like that's just a no go. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it's an like it's an absolute sin. And I don't know where I really got that from because my parents never sat down with me and were like, Lauren, you could never get divorced. Like, I don't know where I picked that up from. Probably just from like church culture was mm-hmm. just like, you can't get divorced and divorce is a sin. Um, and 
I remember that um, about a month before we separated, actually, we were like, um, and I'll get into this later, like our, our dynamic, we never like had this big screaming, yelling, um, like match and then just like got divorced. Like it was really weird. We like were very much together up until like <laughs> a few days before things happened. So we were sitting there like about a month before it happened, watching like some sort of show um, kind of like both agreed that divorce was not a, never an option and that it was a complete sin. Like we had that, or at least I did, had that connotation all the way up until the very, you know, 11th hour. So, um, so it's pretty shocking. And I felt a lot of shame mm-hmm. for, for that, like just realizing, wow, I really am going to get divorced. And like, mm-hmm. how do I come to terms with that like am I going to hell now like you know what like and so through a lot of processing with people like I had to learn like there's grace for people that have gone through like abusive situations there is grace and I've also learned that God doesn't hate you he hates divorce he hate he doesn't like he doesn't want anybody to be divorced but he doesn't hate you for being divorced and he he just, yeah, he wants to see people married and, and obviously in love and happy. That's how he designed it. But I don't think he hates us for going through that and having to make a decision like that. So, yeah, I love that you mentioned like, you know, that it was really in that moment of your faith sort of being tested <laughs> that you were like, oh, I, I need this strong relationship yeah. with Jesus to get me through. Um, and I think that's so beautiful and and absolutely like god hating divorce it's like well (laughs) you would even attest it's very painful like it's not um an experience that is (laughs) joyful um so obviously like the lord hates things that bring us pain he hates you know our broken world and and what can come of that but um no he absolutely does not hate you (laughs) as a person for going through that like i love Mm -hmm. just in the bible how we see the lord um he's emotional like he cries he you know is um heartbroken with his people and so it's like in those moments that we are heartbroken like Jesus is right beside us like equally like crying and heartbroken as well um and so I think that's such a beautiful thing you said like no the Lord does not hate you um even if he hates divorce yeah no and I I love that you mentioned that because um not this last session, but the, the therapy session I had the week before, um, she said something that like actually made me cry. I haven't, I don't think I'd ever cried in therapy before, um, even with everything that I've been talking with her about, but she said, and we were talking about like, um, just grieving a past life and, um, what I thought my life would look like right before we got divorced. And, um, I was planning on opening up a, a small business on Etsy and had plans to um, make like this cottage core subscription box kind of a business model. Anyway, I was really excited about it because it would have meant that I got to, you know, spend my days painting in my art room and like finally kind of doing stuff. And we were looking at houses and kind of finally um, that cottage core English countryside, slow living dream life I'd always thought about was literally going to happen. And then it didn't. And I had to, Mm -hmm. my whole life just got flips upside down, flipped upside down. So I, um, we're talking about grieving that. And she said, I think, I think Jesus wants you to know that 
I think it's important to remember that Jesus, like, he's sad that that didn't happen either. He, he, he's like grieving that with you and he, he wanted that for you. And, and I think he's also disappointed that that didn't happen. And I just was like, wow, like, (laughs) I didn't think about that. I didn't think about that. God also was like, dang, that's a bummer. Cause I was looking forward for like to that with you. And Mm. I was excited with you. And, and so I feel that Lauren, like I feel that with you. And I was just like to have, to, to know that like the God of the universe is also kind of bummed out with me over just a small thing like that was like very validating. So yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things about our God is just how personal he is and how much he loves us and grieves and has joy with us. And it's, yeah, it's beautiful that we also know that he does redeem all things, even if things didn't work out the way that we wanted and he is with us. But it's also good to focus on, yeah, that he is grieving with us because even if we're like, oh, things will get better one day or it's like we have to go through that process of grieving. And it's good to know that Jesus is with us in that as well. Yeah, I wanted to kind of focus moving forward as much as you want to share Mm -hmm. about how you met your ex and Mm -hmm. kind of the dynamics of your relationship just to like give our audience an idea of the situation and what led to you getting a divorce yeah for sure um so my ex-husband and I met briefly in middle school and uh we went actually went to that same small high school it was our sisters both were the first graduating class there and they were in the same grade and then we also just followed behind in their footsteps and were the fourth graduating class there and so it was just it it, it was literally a school of 500 people it's just really weird that we both ended up going there and um and we dated all throughout high school. We dated from October of uh, freshman year, which is like really, I don't know, like, you know, school calendar, but like, that's like right as freshman year starts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had just gotten out of like <laughs> another like serious quote unquote relationship, however serious you can be in eighth grade. But I was, I had dated that person for 11 months, which as an eighth grader is like kind of a long time. And I like, we broke up on the first day of freshman year and then by October like that's literally like there's like a few months in between that and then we started dating so it was like really like way quick there and um and then we just like I I don't know um some other some red flags that like I kind of had caught like caught very um very quickly whereas that there was a lot of consistent sneaking around Mm -hmm. and like I remember one of the very first things that I noticed was I think it was in February um he was like trying to hide his phone and I was like I could see in the reflection of his glasses that he was like removing stuff off of his phone as I was like hey like what's going on like kind of playfully because we at that point had never like had any fights or anything like that so like it's a little awkward I was at his house like you know I was with his family so it was just like um really uncomfortable and then I was just like oh haha and then like we both knew that like that was not a good situation he was like if you want to go like I get it like I don't know it was really weird so 
that was like way quick, but that was, I think that's three months later, maybe. Um, and so I already knew like, okay, there was something weird going on there. And then, um, at the end of that year, I found out like at a, um, graduation set up for the first graduating class we were like helping set up and I found out and on his phone that he like was watching porn like very consistently through his search history and um yeah it was like it was just shocking and like I didn't really know how to handle that as a how old was I like 14 15 um and I didn't know who to like talk to or to like was it bad? Like, was like, what, what I had so many questions, but I felt so alone. Mm. Um, so there was that, there was a sneaking around, there was lying. Um, like I, I, I hesitate to even like, I don't even know how to share sometimes with like how we met because like he told me this like really elaborate story of how we met like how yeah how we actually met and the first time he saw me and all this stuff was at like sixth grade science camp which we did go together like our schools went together but he said he saw me across the way and like this whole thing I didn't find out that like this whole story about like also told me that he wrote me a love note and then like ripped it up when he saw I was dating somebody else like I I don't know. I was like, oh my gosh, that's so sad. Like I believed all that up until literally we separated this past May. So it had been like almost seven years of believing this fairy tale story that he told me. And so it's hard to be like, oh yeah, we just like met briefly in middle school because that's what I remember. And I guess that's really the truth. And so anyway, just again, like misconstrued stories and, and when stories are sounding way too good to be true, they typically were. Um, and then, yeah, a porn addiction. He, I found throughout our relationship and then marriage that he definitely had like a full blown addiction. And so I was like, I overlooked a lot of that and tried to work through a lot of that with him. And he did go to therapy. And ultimately, at the very end, you know, he just didn't want to put in the kind of work that the aggressive work that it takes to a get this aggressive addiction out of your life so um yeah so that's kind of how we met and then some of the red flags that we that I found thanks for sharing that and I know we can because you've had like a full video where you kind of go more into like your your full story so we could definitely link that um but I know even just from listening to that video like you you stayed through quite a lot you know like a lot of you know just lying and mm-hmm. um different struggles that you two were facing like you you really tried to make it work you stayed for yeah. quite a while you yeah. you know yeah so what what was it that really eventually just made you realize that like this needed to end in a divorce yeah um when I realized that he didn't love me anymore um I was just tired of fighting like I did for so long for somebody to remember why he loved me like and I don't think that that was fair I don't think that I was or anybody should try to convince somebody to remember why they love them like it should just be an organic like thing that happens and it wasn't like at the very end for I think I'd fought for a month for to like I would show him old photos and be like look like don't you remember like this like 
we were so happy like you love me I, I know you do like you're in there somewhere but he was a completely different person by that point I mean he just he basically well he wasn't a completely different person he was just showing who he really was mm. the whole time and um my mom said something like so uh, just right on the nose she was like I wish that he could have been the person that he pretended to be because mm. he was a really he wasn't actually a very great like liar he was a really really great actor and mm. so he acted this certain way he had this really amazing facade everybody loved him he was a kind of a teddy bear guy like like just everyone he you know met was they're like oh he's so you know he's kind of meek and he's gentle and he's nice and he's soft-spoken and he's funny and um you know yeah he didn't have a very a very big characteristic or like a, a loud character at all he was very quiet but like everybody liked him and um my family was like in love with him and all this stuff and oh he's so sweet and he's so kind and oh he does anything for lauren like everything like that but like behind closed doors he is not that person at all i think that that's the, the my therapist was saying i think that's the person god made him to be i think that's the person that he you know truly is like he should uh, yeah, that guy, I guess that God designed him to be at his core, but he gave into this other side of him. Um, and uh, ultimately, like, yeah, it's just really sad that he couldn't have been that person. Um, and he had mentioned several times, and I think this was a huge red flag. He'd mentioned several times that he felt like he was two different people living in the same body. And I'm like, okay, you need to actually like see somebody about that because that's like a real you need a diagnosis for that yeah. like and it, that's not me being like oh you need to get help but like for real because when people do struggle with like a split personality disorder there's resources there's tools there's things to like you know and maybe if we had caught that or maybe if we had like he had saw somebody even if we still said you know be on a better path obviously I don't know where he's you know is right now mentally but um, I don't know. So it's just, yeah, it's really unfortunate that he couldn't have been that person. He acted like he was. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that. I think, yeah, a relationship, it takes two different people. Like you were saying, you felt like you were the one that was trying to make it work or like make yeah. him remember to love you. And it's, you get to a point where if the other person is not willing, like, I think that's what's most important in a relationship um, because neither of you are going to be perfect and right. someone might really struggle with something that is serious, but if they're both willing to work through it um, because of out of love for the other person, like you can make it work, but you can't carry it all yourself. And right. that's when it, it's like, okay, well, I don't, you know, I can't, I can't make this work. And people might judge from the outside, like Christians or just whoever, like, oh my God, they got a divorce. But yeah, it's like, I'm not even the one that's really totally making this decision because the other person just isn't even like putting in the effort anymore right. to make this work. Right. Um, and it sounds like you did have support from your family, which is really beautiful because a lot of people don't have that, su that support when they go through something like this. Um, mm -hmm. But what what did that look like for you when you finally made the decision to have a divorce and go public with that? Like, how, what was the response from your family and your friends and your church? 
Yeah. So we didn't have a church community here since or church home because we were fairly new to this area still. Mm-hmm. Um, we tried a couple different ones, but nothing. We hadn't like gotten involved and nobody really knew who we were yet. So um, um, I was honestly like pretty grateful that that's how the timing was of that, because had we had like this whole community that knew us together and like all this stuff, that would have just been another like feeling like a letdown and like having to go and explain myself and see those people. And so I was honestly really glad we didn't have that pressure. But um, my family was just, I've talked about this on my social media so much. My family was just like superheroes, all of them. Um, Like I literally felt like they were like rescuing me from the rebel and just like um, picked me up and helped me to like get on my feet um every step of the way I explained in my story how um my I had to (laughs) when I realized that he was like cheating on me at at the end and all this stuff and back in May um uh kind of when everything came out um I called my dad and he was just shocked and uh they were my parents were still living in California at the time they're here now um and I then had to call my sister and it was really kind of this moment where I had to be honest with my sister for the first time we've been close my whole life but I hadn't told her any of the things that were going on I never told her um that with all this trauma of um the 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 lying and then he was stealing and all these different things that had been going on she didn't know any of it um and I think the only person I really told was my parents I just like it was so something I didn't want to tell anybody um and so in one phone call I think it was like 10 minutes I told her like everything that had happened and she was like that's a lot to take in. Like I had no idea. And so now her view of this person is completely like just in one moment, just like, yeah, it's like finding out like your family members are murderer, like in one sentence, you know, you're just like, Oh, what? Like, I don't know, even know how to process that. So, um, she's like, okay, well, we are coming to get you. Cause he was at work when I found out and all this stuff. So I was home alone and, um, her and her husband, like, floored it to get here um they're about 50 minutes away and uh they just told me to pack like a a bag for a few days and they took me to their apartment and they're running this business um by themselves they run a fashion company and so they like put their entire life on hold Mm -hmm. to like care for me and um it was a really rough time because they had to I was so in this like abusive um I was being abused so I didn't they had to be so careful with how to talk to me because oftentimes what happens is somebody will um you know you're they mean good and they're trying to help you out of a situation but because that person is so entangled in all of it they can't see clearly what's really going on so they'll often run to the abuser um, and they'll run back to them because they're like, well, my family doesn't understand. They, you know, they're being mean. They are being too harsh. They, you know, they don't get us or whatever. So they'll run back to what feels most safe, um, which is oftentimes physically abusive, emotionally abusive, um, manipulative situation um, with their abuser. So I 
I did that. I did. I, um, my, my family was trying to be as sensitive and as, you know, like helping me to kind of untangle things as possible. But ultimately, like I would still sneak away to call him while I was there. I would still sneak away to text him. I, even though he at that point was like, I really want nothing to do with you, Lauren. Like, I don't want to talk to you. I would still be like, no, like trying to hold on to any ounce of what was there. Um, during that time, I was also trying to convince him to go to therapy with me, which we went to like three sessions. Um, and so anyway, um, so yeah, so they were quickly trying to help me. They were researching, what do you do for somebody who's in this situation? How do you tell them that they need to leave? And I remember my, um, my brother-in-law being like, okay, Lauren, what so what is it? Because he's crossed so many lines at this point. What is the line that you would have? What what would it, he said, what would it take for you to uh, leave him? What's it going to take? Because he's crossed pretty much every line in the book that you could think of at this point, stealing, lying, cheating, manipulating, sexually abusive. Like, so what, what is it? And I was like, well, maybe if he like hurt an animal because I like, love animals so I'm like maybe if he hurt an animal then I would like you know have an issue um so Mm -hmm. I'm like that's really sad that that's where my standard is for you know for me to leave somebody you need to abuse an animal like really that's pretty dang low like that's past cheating and you know lying and and being manipulative manipulative like that's really bad so I I just realized I was like wow I don't want to be in a relationship like that you know and that then um when I was kind of starting to have these realizations is when he switched up the story and became um it's this I don't know what it, it's called in like psychology or whatever but it's just it's, it's it is love bombing he switched the whole narrative and started mm-hmm. um delivering gifts and um being like really forthcoming and uh really apologetic and sending me paragraphs and paragraphs of why he loves me and so then I was getting all confused and I was like oh wait like I just had this realization of like maybe I don't want to be with him but now maybe I do and so it just got so, it just got so entangled and so messed up and so messy. Um, and my, again, my family was trying to say, Lauren, this is love bombing. This is what it is. And you, you do not want to be in this situation. Like, let us help you understand. And so they would try to explain to me, um, that this is often something that somebody does. And, um, I think, what I've heard is that's narcissistic behavior, but I, yeah. again, I've not researched in that enough. Um, so um, my parents, like once I did, just to kind of wrap this question up, I know I've been on this for a long time, but um, once I did move here, back here all on my own, my parents were great in sending me helpful things that I needed, which I think this is for any parents listening or any, but any friends um, of somebody who's going through a divorce listening, the most in, the most helpful thing you could do is gift that person things that they practical things that they need. So meal delivery mm-hmm. kits. I really wish I took my parents' offer on that. I don't know why. I was like, no, no, I can do it. I can grocery shop. Like I was like trying to be Miss like 
strong or whatever, but I really should have just taken them up on that because I was not feeding myself um, really well at all. It was a really terrible time in terms of um, self-care. So um, I should have taken them up on a meal delivery kit, um, but they offered that. And then they also sent me um, so helpful. They sent me a, like a man toolkit, like a just not like a girly toolkit that's pink with like little cute dainty tools, like a real, uh, my own home kit that has hammers and drills and nails and everything I'll need. And I have used that countless times and it's been so helpful to make me feel like I ha- I'm capable of doing this by myself. I'm capable of fixing little things around my house, tightening this screw, you know, hanging a picture, like whatever I need to do. Um, so they sent me that, um, they sent me a stool so I could actually reach things in my house because my ex-husband was taller than me. So, um, yeah, helpful, practical things are the most, the most amazing thing that you can do to support somebody going through this as well. Um, yeah, so I think, I think that's it. Sorry. That was so long about that. (laughs) No, that's so good. Oh my gosh. So many things. I think, um, it was interesting you talking about, um, your family having to like very delicately find ways to show you like this is harmful um, because you know you're not always in the place or position to accept and receive that right. a lot of the times you're trying to make up excuses you're trying to I think hold on to like you're talking about like this idea of like no this is what I want in life and I'm not willing to admit that that's not what's going to happen because that's heartbreaking and hard. And so I love that your family was like researching and trying to like so carefully approach that in a way that would be best received. Because I think like you were saying, a lot of times people are just like, I don't understand why you can't see this. Like it's super obvious to me who's not emotionally involved in this, you know? And I think what you mentioning even like okay, well, what would be the line? Like him harming an animal. I think a lot of times it's like when you're in that position, you don't see your own value and worth. Mm. So harm done to you, it's like, I can accept that. I can justify that and like whatever, but like harm to someone else or to an animal or yeah. something else, you know, that that would almost be more eye-opening. Right. Um, and so I just yeah. think that's that's like very profound because a lot of people I think have been in that position where they're like, well, I can accept someone being cruel to me and then when they see that person being cruel to someone else they're like wait <laughs> that's, yeah. that's not what I want and exactly. then you're able to kind of accept like well if I'm not okay with that being done to someone else why am I okay with that being done to myself like why wow. am I accepting yeah. that behavior on myself and so yeah. yeah just so much of what you said I think is is so good for someone who is either maybe coming out of that and feeling a lot of shame or within a situation similar to that um yeah. that no, you do have value and worth and you should, yeah. you shouldn't be mistreated right. and treated cruelly. And if you're, if you can imagine what they're doing to you done to someone else, and that makes you angry or sad, <laughs> you should be angry and sad that it's being done to you as well. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I think that's so, that's an amazing connection. And, um, I, I, I think the, the most, I mean, we can talk about this later too of different things that I've learned, but um, something that I have learned is that, like you said, like I, I hold a lot more worth than I even realized that I did mm-hmm. um, back then. Like I didn't, 
I don't know. I when I look at like old videos of myself, like just any old video, I'm like, I didn't see that. I just saw me as like girl. Like I didn't see me as a girl who was like um, beautiful or confident or strong or creative. I just saw me as a girl who was married at 18. I don't know. Like I just I didn't identify as anything more than that. So when that was stripped away, it was like, what's left? Like, I I just felt like, yeah. And like, I think also to like, I just feel like I need to like validate somebody um, who like feels like there's not going to be a tomorrow. Um, I remember when I was at my sister's house, their apartment, I was sitting on their couch and was kind of like curled in this, you know, little tucked position. I think I just got off the phone with him and he like yelled at me for the first time um, saying that he said, if this marriage is ending, then we need to look at um, all the reasons why it's ending. It's not just me. Like you've done so much damage or whatever, that kind of thing. And I, I remember speaking up for myself for the first time and I said, don't yell at me. Like, I do not deserve to be yelled at. Like, if I didn't know anything else, that's all I knew. Like, I mm-hmm. – and I am so glad. I just honestly think that's the Holy Spirit speaking up for me and being like – like, I know – like, with without a shadow of a doubt, first of all, I know that I wasn't perfect in this marriage. I messed up m- countless times. But the damage that I did was maybe, like, little, like, tiny little dents and scratches, not, like – a sledgehammer just came in and like, (laughs) you know, so I was sitting on the couch and I was just like feeling really defeated. And I told my sister, I just was like, I can't move. Like I can't, (laughs) there's no, like, I, I said, like, I don't know how there's a moment after this moment right now. Like I can't move from this position on the couch. I can't get up. And for anybody who's feeling like that, I get it. I totally get it. And I, when I tell people like I was at the lowest of the lows, I mean it. I was pretty much like wanting to just um, like sink into the couch and disappear. Like I just, mm-hmm. I didn't want to be here anymore. Um, I couldn't, I was like, I can't even the, the thought of having to tell people in my life that I'm not married, like just humiliating. I can't do it. Um, but guess what? <laughs> we are so much more resilient and strong than um, than we give ourselves credit for. That's what I've really learned. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. And I think that's a moment a lot of people can relate to, whether it was a divorce or a breakup or a death or some kind of thing where you just have that moment where you're like, I can't go, I can't go on. Like life cannot go on after this has happened. And I don't know how I'm supposed to keep, keep living and keep going on. And to kind of look back and see all that's happened since then and all the growth that you've had Mm -hmm. and all the beautiful things that God has still, you know, brought out of this and in your life, it's, it is good to see for someone that might be feeling that way right now, because I know, I know that I've, I've had that moment and I kind of look back and I'm like, wow, I, 
I wish I could tell that girl, like, mm -hmm. it's going to be okay. And yeah. this is not, this is not the end that this is really painful and really terrible. And you have to grieve and cope through this, but it, it's not the end. And it's not as big as it feels to you yeah. right now. Like, so life ending. Um, yeah. and yeah, I think that's just, that's really a lot of people probably need to hear that right now. And I feel like you are a really beautiful example of that. Um, Thank you. All right, if I could add one more thing to that yeah. is, um, so every month I celebrate on the 26th, um, which was the day that I became fully on my own and my husband moved out, um, gave his keys mm -hmm. back. And that night was like the worst, one of the worst nights of my life. And um, so I celebrate that day and I take that day to just remember kind of and reflect and look back at all the, the things that I've done um, that month, but then also just for the whole journey. And um, I remember hearing, I think I was in like month one or two um, and I heard a podcast and it was somebody had something in their story about um, literally like the same situation as me. Mm -hmm. And she said that, um, you know, she's like, well, I can just say that nine months later, like I'm in a new apartment and I'm starting to love my life. I'm starting to see hope. And like, I, my life has completely changed. And like, God has really restored a lot of those parts of my life that, you know, was stolen by the abuse that I had in my marriage and all these things. And I was like, I was in my laundry room and I was just like, okay, nine months, I can do this. Like, if I can just hold on I don't know why it like stuck out to me, but I was like, if I can just hold on for nine months, let's see what happens. Like, you don't have to think about the rest of your life and who you're going to be married to next and like what you're going to have to, you know, all those things. All I know is that if I can make it to that goal, I think I'll be okay. And I did last month, like I'm coming up tomorrow is my 10 month. And so like, here I am. Like, I'm still alive. I made it. And somebody DM'd me, like I posted about it and somebody DM'd me and they were like, I think maybe it was like, it's, it's kind of like coincidental that it's nine months. And like, that's like the like term of like somebody being pregnant. And he was like, maybe like God was trying to birth something in you. And I was just like, wow, dang, like that is so, that's crazy that that like lines up like that. But yeah. So I just want to say to anybody, I, I hope I can be that voice to somebody, yeah. you know, hang on. Maybe your goal is six months. Maybe your goal is three months. It doesn't matter. Pick one little, you know, goal. Okay. If I can just hang on until that date, you know, it really kept me going on days where I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. Just like that goal of like, okay, I can, I can do this. It's very practical. It's very reasonable. Mm -hmm. Like I don't, mm -hmm. like you were saying, I don't need to be like, oh man, am I ever going to be married again? Am I, where am I going to be? Um, I know. So in college I experienced like a broken engagement and obviously to a lesser degree of what you experienced, but a lot of those feelings were very similar. I was like, yeah. there's the shame of like thinking about invitations have already gone out like how do I tell people <laughs> that the wedding's off like how do I do this or that and I just remember at one point like laying in a street and just being like if a car came and ran over me like I would be fine with that yeah. you know just like a moment where you're like I, I just want it all to end and just focusing on like I just need to get through this week I just need to get through tomorrow um it's just like sometimes that's what you need <laughs> and, and to hear someone else be like I got through this week I got through tomorrow I got through next month and I'm in a better place. And just like that hope, like to hold on to that, like, okay, if like they could do it, like I can do it too. And 
I think it, it it just is like that little light at the end of the tunnel where you're like, okay, like things are really dark <laughs> right now, yeah. but they won't always be that way. And yeah. I, I love that hope that you're offering people, um, that analogy of like a pregnancy, like a new life being mm-hmm. born is really yeah. what's going on too, like a, a new, a new you, really. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah, our our God is a God of restoration and just like from the rubble, from the ash, somehow he can bring new life and bring goodness out of all of it. And that's really hard when you're in that situation to like receive that and know that. So to be able to look at someone else that you can actually witness that that's true for them in their life is it's yeah, really inspiring and really beautiful. Yeah. So I just want to thank you again for like, for sharing your story and being so open and vulnerable uh, because I feel like, yeah, this is something that people don't really talk about. Um, do you follow Mikkel Jance by any case or heard of her? I, yeah, yeah, I do. I love her. Yeah. She's She has been somebody that I've watched pretty much from the beginning. So yeah, yeah, that's just who I was thinking of that has said many similar things. But mm-hmm. um, I think I sent her stuff to you, Megan. But, you know, she was a Christian mm-hmm. that also went through a divorce. And it sounded like she struggled with a lot of similar things in her marriage that you mm-hmm. had struggled with. And um, yeah, I just feel like witnesses like that and being really open and vulnerable is really great. So yeah, yeah, you kind of, you touched on some of this of like, what are good ways that someone can support somebody that's going through a divorce? Um, What are some ways that you think the church should help those that are going through a divorce? I know that you said you didn't really have a community at the time, but is there anything that after going through that, you would think that a church community could do to help someone? Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is one of my favorite questions, um, just because I have so many like strong opinions on this, um, (laughs) which is that I really wish that more of the sermons were inclusive of Mm. people going through divorce and people going through grief and loss, um, because there's such an emphasis on you're either single, you're looking at actively looking for a partner and like you're after that, you know, in your life or you are married. Those are the, those are your three options. Um, and I didn't fit any of those. So I would sit there and be like, how the heck can I get out of here? Because I don't want to be here listening to this. And that would like ruin the entire rest of like the sermon for me because they would say like those three things and I'm like cool like I don't fit any of that and I feel really um ostracized and out of place so um I think I really I really wish that sermons would be a little more like inclusive of people that are just totally okay and this is kind of another one is stop assuming that people want to be married or have to be married some people don't there's actually well, Jesus was never married. Uh, I think John the Baptist never got married. So like there's people in the Bible that were never married, weren't looking for a marriage. Like it's not biblical that we have to be married or um, <laughs> that marriage is the end all be all. So I just don't know why there's this huge emphasis on being married. Like yeah. some people, maybe that's just not right for them. Um, or maybe they're just not actively looking for that in their life and they're trying to heal and work on themselves um, yeah. and not be looking for 
that in their singleness. They just want to be single and like, that's okay. So, um, that's one thing. Um, and then also really wish that there was small groups for people that are going through divorce, um, Mm -hmm. or, or grieving some sort of loss in their life. Um, because, I, again, I didn't, I I was in this really weird, still am in this really weird category of like, I'm young, I, but I'm not in college. So I'm, I'm 21. I'm not in college. I'm also divorced and like trying to heal. So like, it feels weird to be in like a college group. It feels weird to be in like a singles group because I'm not looking for like a partner right now. So like, I just wish that there was something where like people who are dealing with grief, loss, any of that could like go and kind of like, I guess I feel like I don't even know where in the Bible to look for like support with this stuff. So it would be helpful to have like a Bible study group that can take you through that and we can talk about it. And so that's just something I wish the church would kind of open up a little bit more on. Yeah. I love that. Just the, like wondering where you belong. Yeah. Um, And I think it's so important that we don't like, create such strict categories that for people yeah. who don't fit into those categories, there isn't a space for them. Uh, I yeah. think that's really important what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that you hit on uh, that not everyone's looking to get married and marriage is not the end all be all. I think, I mean, we've all experienced as young Christian women um, and I, you know, I'm not married yet. So I felt much of my life like, oh, my life doesn't start mm. until I get married or like something is missing. Um, I, I'm Catholic. So I don't know if you know much about like Catholic traditions, but we have like marriage. And then you also can like consecrate yourself to like religious life. So like mm. be a religious sister, a nun for when, or a priest if you're a man. But, um, it's like you either had to be one of those, like you had to find your vocation. It was like, so if you were just kind of single and not like getting married or engaged or actively dating, or if you weren't like pursuing some kind of single religious life, like you were kind of in this weird, like in between where like, oh, you weren't fully yourself yet. I had someone say that to me. Um, And it's just so not, (laughs) that's not at all like we find like our fullness is not found in of like someone else or in like finding a specific vocation, like it's in Christ and wherever you are in life, like God is working through you. And as long as you're like doing your best to like do God's will. Mm-hmm. Um, and I t- there can be times God calls us to just be single and we're yeah. not like supposed to be looking for something else. And that doesn't mean we're not fully ourselves. Um, so I think that was really important to hit on. And I mean, and I had never thought about, yeah, like how isolating that would be to be in the church and be divorced because I don't think I've ever heard, you know, a priest or a pastor talk about like addressing people that were divorced. Yeah, it's not common. And I even extending it so much like broader as to talk about a little bit more about mental health, because Mm. while I love my church dearly, I was going through like a really dark time. Um not like right after it happened, but just like there was like a week or two where I was in like a depressive episode and um and the the sermon was really all about like you really should be bringing your journal, you really should be coming with your bible, like you should be doing this. Like mm-hmm. like it was one of those things where I know they were very they were trying to be um it was I think it was more a, a sermon geared toward people that were like trying to 
kind of go deeper into their faith and like had been in this for a long time and like and I had been but I was in this like I was like you know I told somebody that I um go that goes to that church um one of my friends I told her I said um it was a lot for me to just get myself here yeah it was a lot for me to just get my clothes on brush my teeth and like not like kill myself on the way here like literally I so then to have have it be said like you know uh why didn't you bring your journal why didn't you bring like and I was just like "Mm, that was really like not I'm not it was just one of those like I was not ready to hear that sermon at all I was in a really bad place so I wish that the church would be a little like definitely like preach those preach those messages that's great but like also have like a little more compassion of like and if you're in this place of it was just hard to get here I'm so glad you're here don't worry about the journal don't worry about bringing the bible (laughs) and having it all highlighted and all the things I'm just glad you're here and we can sit and have fellowship that's that is enough and god is well pleased with that like and just you know it it, all it would have taken was that 30 second description for me to be like okay it's fine you know this is for other people not for me today i'm good but since that wasn't said i was like cool like great (laughs) so yeah 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 (laughs) yeah sometimes sometimes just your presence (laughs) is all you can manage and then and that's all that that we need you know and so yeah good point I also love that you were bringing up um kind of when you were going through like the midst of it really at the beginning your family just helping out with very practical things like meal deliveries and like the toolkit because you know especially since you were married at such a young age like you really hadn't experienced adult life on your own before um which (laughs) is for someone who hasn't gone through that, like extremely jarring. And there's so many things that you haven't had to deal with by yourself. And so I think that's another thing to bring up as well. It's like, as married people as well, how can we support single people? A lot of times it's like, well, do you need help fixing something? (laughs) Do you need a meal? Do you need like a home to come to and and spend time with people so that you're not by yourself? You know, just like, some of those practical just very simple things like it doesn't always have to be this complicated like well I need to organize this huge support group it's like sometimes it's just being there for someone and and giving them those little things and so I loved that like your family recognized that and did that like the story with the toolkit I think that's just so wonderful yeah yeah my mom was just like I'm not buying you one of those girly ones first of all they mark up the price like way too much Plus, like, you know, she's like, I think that there's something to you holding, you know, a black and an orange or whatever, like, just normal tool for you to have that confidence in it not to be this like girly frilly thing, which, although very cute, it makes me feel like I am just as capable as, you know, any man doing this for myself. And it's not this you know, pink frilly thing in this little dinky toolbox. It's a real toolbox for me, just yeah. like I would have, you know, my be reaching for my husband's toolbox. So it and it really, I mean, psychologically, it really did make me feel more empowered. So it sounds so small and simple, but like every time I open it to this day, I'm like, I can do this. Like I literally can yeah. do this. Like I got my toolbox and I'm good. Like <laughs> 
<laughs> That's awesome. Yes. I feel like after going through something like that, you need to find what makes you feel empowered and mm-hmm. capable on your own. And I feel like that's such a cool, like practical thing that you could yeah. do. Um, and I love that you talked about, yeah, just sometimes getting up and going to church, like that's all you can do. It's just mm-hmm. like, it took so much effort for you to be there. Um, if you're going through something really, really heavy. And I find a lot in the church that we, we kind of will talk about things like, oh, well, there's these people that have gotten divorced or other like different issues. And they talk about it as if those people aren't in the church in the room. Yeah. <laughs> Or like in the room or like different, like very controversial things. Like I've noticed, like they talk about like sexuality issues or abortion or just things like that, where it's like, as if someone in the room couldn't have like struggled with that or have gone through that. And it's like, the church is a place for everyone to come to, no matter what they've been through and not to get into like the whole of divorce, but you can be a Christian and like have valid reasons for going through a divorce, but you know, (laughs) that's a different soapbox, but um. Like there's things that people have gone through that, you know, Jesus calls us all to the church, no matter what we're going through, no matter where we are in our lives, if we're like bloody and bruised and he wants us to come to him, you don't need to be in perfect condition. And so I just find a lot of times, yeah, like messaging in the church, it's like, well, you know, those people and we need to be good to them, but as if they couldn't (laughs) be right there, sitting right there because yeah, we're just because we're Christian doesn't mean we're not still struggling or suffering and Jesus calls us to come to him as we are. And um, yeah, I think the church needs to do a lot of work in making the message. I won't say like more inclusive or just like realizing that we're all in different stages in our lives mm-hmm. um, and in within the church. Yeah. 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 So to kind of like wrap it up, as you reflect back on like what it's been like almost 10 months now that you've kind of gone on this healing journey, mm-hmm. what what have you learned or what advice would you give maybe like Lauren from a year ago? Um, yeah. You know, someone who is in the midst of that struggle who maybe, yeah, doesn't really see the light at the end, isn't sure what the next step is. Yeah. Uh, what would you what would you share with them of like what I've learned, what I have gone through? and what hope that you have to offer them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I just feel like what haven't I learned? Like it's been like every single day is a learning experience and it's sometimes it feels like a lot and it feels like some days are big learning lessons and I feel like I just took a year of college, you know, it's like a big (laughs) chunk of learning or read a whole textbook, but other days are just like a little, you know, a little uh, refresher, a little sentence like, oh, that's a good tip, you know, but you are, you're going to learn so much. And I, I think what I've really learned is that I am more resilient than I could have ever imagined. Um, when every time something happens and I have to go through another, like, another trial, another thing, I come out of it stronger. Um, and I can feel more confident knowing, hey, I overcame that and I'll overcome the next thing that happens too. Um, I have learned that having um, solid relationships within your family and within friendships, like deep, solid friendship is the most important thing. Um, And I like I say that so confidently, because if you don't have uh, your people to be there to support you and guide you and and, um, have people to talk to, it's really hard to do it all by yourself. Um, I really don't know how I would have done all this without them. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I think that your life can change in an instant and that you are, can never really be fully prepared for what life is going to throw at you. So just, um, I've just learned to take it as it comes. And I just find it so interesting. Like, I'm like, okay, now I've really gone through everything I'm going to go through. Like now that I've overcome this next thing, like the craziness is over. And then the next day I get into a car accident all by myself in the snow. So it's like, you never know what's going to happen. And it's just, it is, I think, trying to, as much as you can, enjoy the journey as hard as it may be sometimes. Um, because even like with when I did get into a car accident, like now I know what to do with in that situation and I know like how to handle it. Um, and I know how to be better prepared. I know more about my car now. And so, you know, every little thing, just trying to take it as a learning experience. Um, I've also learned that I can do hard things alone and still have fun because at first, like I thought it was like really, first of all, kind of cringy to like have fun, like laugh by yourself, but it's like not, it's, it's really fun to do things alone and like actually laugh out loud. And like, as if you're with like your best friend and you should be like your best friend, you're with yourself your entire life, whether you're in a relationship or you're not, Mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day is really just you and God. So like trying to make that time as like trying to get to know yourself as much as possible. Um, and, uh, in terms of like practical advice that I would have for somebody who's, um, who's going through a divorce is, uh, yeah, these are, these are going to be really practical. So decide what kind of divorce you're going through, um, and going with, I didn't know anything about this when I was like (laughs) first trying to decide, but basically I I thought you just like say I want a divorce, but there's actually like, there's a dissolution, there's, um, an annulment, like, so there's different like things you have to know which one is right for you. And there's so many helpful, like blogs online that will tell you like um like okay do you fit these criteria then you want to do this I do know that getting a a disillusion through your your um county or your city is definitely the cheapest thing to do I think for me it was like 150 dollars or something so and going through a divorce you have to get lawyers you have to get like all this stuff so um just practically uh, just decide like what's going to be right for you guys. Um, split the money right up front. Don't wait on that because, um, I think especially if you're in a situation like mine, it can be really, uh, a little bit scary just because he was like stealing money from me. And like, so try to like split that up as fast as you can and get your own account and put your money into your account as fast as possible. I, um, I did that and I felt really, very empowered. I think it was like month one and I, I went to the bank. I, I got my own bank account and I put my money in there. I even like the, the bank teller or person was really nice. And I was like, Hey, if we could try to speed this up, like I'm kind of in this not super safe situation financially with my ex-husband and I'm trying to move my money as quickly as possible. So if we could like, if you could, first of all, educate me and, and, and tell me things that I might need to know moving forward. And if we can, um, you know, 
move this along as quickly as possible i would really appreciate that and he was like i got you like i totally understand and he was like here's my card call me if you need anything and i don't know that just was like so helpful to me and i was like thank you i love you um and um another thing is don't this is something i've really learned do not delete your accounts um with your your spouse or don't um remove all traces of him right away because i've done this and i've uh been really sorry that I did because I needed some of that information for things moving forward. I can't remember all the specifics right now, but certain documentation and I don't have it anymore. The the accounts are gone and it's really frustrating because I can't get them back. So um, don't delete every trace right up front, even though you might be tempted to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, the journey is going to be bumpy with a lot of unexplained thoughts and feelings and experiences, but you're going to come out of it stronger, um, stronger than ever on the other side. I promise you. And I know that you probably want to not listen to that or punch me in the face. It makes, I hated hearing people say, it's yeah. going to get better. You're going to get through it. I'm like, <laughs> please shut up. Like, I don't want to hear that, but I yeah. promise you that's, that's like the God honest truth is it will get better and you will get through it. Um, Another thing is get physical, get active, start moving around, find something you like to do. Maybe it's taking dance classes. Maybe it's going on hikes. I loved going on hikes at the beginning. Um, Start journaling, writing down all your thoughts. I love that I have almost every day captured on paper of what I was going through, what I was doing. I have pages of my journal that says, God, where are you? Like, just Mm -hmm. like the whole thing. I don't know where you are. And I'm like, wow, like now being here and being like, hey, God, like, you're my buddy, you know, so just it's really, it's interesting to see like the process of all that. I think you're going to want to see what you went through. Um, and who knows, it could help somebody in your life um, moving forward as well. Um, prioritize taking care of yourself, like your body, because stress is going to really impact you um, when you while you go through this journey. So um, something that I did was I poured in, I don't know why I decided to, but I fixated on pouring into my hair. So I would really nourish and take care of my hair and have already started to see hair growth um, back on my hairline, which is really, for me, very exciting because um, I lost so much mm-hmm. hair during that time. So, um, you know, putting just as much information, uh, uh, importance and, and love and care into my hair as was being like literally taken out from stress, I think is sort of now trying to balance itself out, which is really awesome. So nourish your body, take care of yourself, go slow, be gentle with yourself, go to therapy. It's so helpful. I've been, I've been going to therapy since the very beginning. Um, I got a therapist three weeks after we were separated. So, she's been with me to even see the entire journey of, um, of everything I've gone through, um, and to see the growth and been like, Hey, just so you know, like you have grown in this area so much. I've seen it from an outsider's perspective, which is helpful for me as a check-in. Um, also the last thing I want to say is just get involved with a good church. Um, it's church community, somebody, people that won't judge you for what you've been through, um, that will lift you up and support you and and kind of get in that hurt with you and sit there and just be in silence with you if that's what you need. Um, and just, uh, pray with you and pray over you. I think it's so important, um, to do that. So yeah, those are all my practical tips. (laughs) That was great. (laughs) I wasn't, you like exceeded my expectations with that question for (laughs) sure. So (laughs) 
That was, that was awesome. Um, and then something I was just interested in, I feel like maybe you've answered this before on your YouTube channel, but I know that you're not looking to date right now, mm -hmm. but if you ever, you know, were looking to date in the future, like from your experience, something that you've learned, some things that you've learned, I think this could be helpful to others that are in dating or dating again after a divorce. Like what are some red flags that you should like look for in a relationship? So kind of like the the bad part of it, but then also like, what are some standards that you should have in dating and like moving forward in a relationship? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's such a good question. Um, so some of the red flags were like, I've talked about the lying. Um, so if you're seeing them like kind of sneak around just little bits, and I mean, it can be really, really small. Like it's, I don't know why, but like with compulsive liars they want to lie about the dumbest things like if you're like hey um what did you have today for lunch at work and they're like oh i had a chicken wrap and you find out later that they actually had a sandwich like why did you lie about that it's so but those are the tiny little lies you have to pay attention to because they they add up and they will start lying about big stuff so it's dumb it seems small and insignificant but those are the ones that you want to pay attention to saying that they'll change that's never you never want to be with somebody that um that you feel like oh i want to fall in love with with who you could be who i who i want you to be no who they are is really who they are and everybody has room to improve and and to shift in their life and that's totally great i've i've changed over the years and that's ever i think everybody does but promising over and over again i'll change i promise i'll change they will not, um, most likely, unless they get some sort of intensive therapy and you're willing to do that with them. And that's great. Um, so also, like, uh, I noticed uh, my ex-husband was really weird and kind of uncomfortable around my family, my friends. Um, he, when we would, like, I would bring him around my friends, he would, like, kind of, like, slowly go into the background, like, wouldn't, like, I would want him to, like, like, hey, we're all hanging out. But it was more like, he was letting us have a little play date. You know, it felt like he was just like this parent that was like kind of chaperoning us and like not like a part of our like day. It was just really weird. So, and then like around my family, it felt like he was a little uncomfortable and I don't know. So that just kind of was a weird red flag for me. Um, also like jumping into what I wanted to do like really quickly. Like I said, I wanted to go vegan um, last year and he was like, okay, like I'll go vegan. And he had like no research or like anything like that. And he ended up sneaking around and eating meat. Like it was, and I was like, why? I don't, I don't care if you're not vegan or like, I, I don't care. But then he started sneaking and like lying again and like hiding stuff. And so it, um, yeah, I guess just be careful. Like they're jumping into what you want to do too quickly. Grand gestures, especially I, would I took a trip actually here to Ohio to visit and when I came back there was like a brand new coffee table sitting in my living room he bought me an iPad and an iPad pencil and a magic keyboard and like all the things all the whole setup for Christmas one year and I was just like this is like a huge gesture that like it was you know again right after something had happened and you know I don't think that that's super healthy mm -hmm. um also, too good to be true stories. That's mm -hmm. probably my last one is just uh, stories that seem too good to be true most likely are. Um, and then in terms of like what I'm looking for, I've honestly, I have thought about this a lot because I do want to like be in a relationship one day. Again, I want to be in a healthy relationship. Um, 
And that's a big reason about why I'm going to therapy. I'd like, you know, one of my goals for the end of, or I guess just going through therapy is I'd like to be at a place where I can date in a healthy way because I have really bad, I shouldn't say bad, but I have unhealthy dating patterns and I don't think it's mm. it's not serving me very well. So I'd like to be able to date in a, in a healthy, um, slow and steady way. And so, um, so yeah, so once I'm ready for that, um, I'd really like that person to be a believer from the start and not like I need to, you know, convert them or like they feel like they need to convert or any of that. Like I just, you have your faith and I am joining you, um, as well as I have my faith, you know, and we can grow in that together, but they need to already have that going on. <laughs> like, I just don't want to try to make them feel like they have to convince, uh, try to convince them to like be in the faith at all. Um, understanding uh, the trauma that I've experienced and wants to kind of work through that with me. Mm-hmm. Although like I will have, you know, processed a lot of it in therapy. I'm always going to have trauma from this situation. I'm always going to uh, have a little PTSD from all of this. And just somebody who understands that, hey, you know, if I'm a little paranoid because you're on your phone and like didn't let me look at something for like two seconds longer than, you know, whatever, I have some, you know, it is PTSD from the situation. Um, So somebody who can, you know, be patient with me and understand that. So I guess patience. (laughs) And then um, seeking after adventure, socializing, Mm -hmm. wants to connect with family, you know, it's kind of a more, has a a larger personality. And, you know, yeah, I guess somebody that um, is outgoing and um, has a family that I love and loves mine. I think that was uh, really odd with um, my ex-husband. Like I did not have a relationship with his family like Mm. after almost seven years like I felt like they were still strangers and I don't like that at all I'm a very big family person so it was really weird that I didn't know his um so yeah and then the last one would probably just be um that they see the same kind of future that I do somebody that wants to grow their own food live off the land and like have some farm animals and like rescue dogs and you know do the things that um that I that I've dreamed about as well as like um keeping their passions and keeping their their dreams as a goal for them as well somebody that um that has passions desires and dreams and wants to achieve those just as much as I want to achieve mine I think it's so important that they're their own person um just as much as we're a couple together so yeah has a good sense of self. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I great. love that. That's such a good, good standards to have. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause they aren't unrealistic. It's not like these, you know, crazy it's yeah. Truly just someone who is equipped to care for you well yeah. and um, join you in life. I think that's such a beautiful thing to desire and to yeah. look for. So I love that. Oh, thank you for sharing um, and just being so open and vulnerable with us. And I think it's it's going to help so many people. I know you've already seen that on your own channel through your own platforms. Um, I think I saw that you started like some kind of support groups for women to join. So if you yeah. want to share a little bit about that, if someone that's listening that might be able to use that resource. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I've uh, started a, a Slack channel and a Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say the Slack channels like way more popping than the um than the Facebook group only because 
the Slack channel, or I said the, the Slack group um, is, is broken up into channels. And so we have um, like living alone, uh, your wins. So like people can go in there and like type, oh, hey, like I had like my, you know, I don't know. I went to the dentist all by myself today. Like it was a big accomplishment, whatever. So big, small wins, whatever you can type them in there and use us as like accountability. Also like uh, divorce support and uh, heartbreak support. So maybe you're not going through divorce. Maybe you just went through a messy breakup or whatever. Um, you can go in there and um, and grab support from people as well as um, what else do we have? I have my thoughts. So anytime I find like uh, resources or I have an announcement to make or um, I posted a new piece of content that might be helpful, I'll announce it there. Mm-hmm. Um, so Really, it's just a group to, oh, and there's also a faith-based one. So people have prayers that they need, things that they need prayer for, or um, scriptures that might be helpful. We can drop them there too. So um, it really, it's it's completely free to join. Um, I, I can get the link over to you guys. Um, yeah. I, I, I think already I've seen just so much beautiful community happening. I haven't really been able to see this community talk to each other. It's a lot of people reaching out to me. So it's really amazing to see people talking to each other and like being like, oh my gosh, me too. And I'm like, oh, great. I love that you guys are finding yeah. each other. That's amazing. Um, it's why I wanted to create this um, because I, I, it's funny, I will get DMs that are almost the exact same right after each other. Like somebody will say their story. The next DM is, I'm like, I wish you guys would talk. Like it's the same <laughs> thing. So um. So anytime you guys have any any thoughts or whatever, honestly, it's probably more helpful to de- to to slack that group versus um, just messaging me because you can get so much more out of talking to a whole community that's gone through that as well. Yeah. Community is so important when going through something like this. Mm-hmm. And in your real life, you might not see someone that's be- being open about it or has gone through it, but there are so many people that have. Yeah. Um, it definitely would. It's nice to know that you're not alone mm-hmm. and it makes it much easier to get through something like that. Um, so that's really awesome that you created those. And we will definitely link that below and all of your yeah. platforms and all of that. If anyone wants to follow you or watch your videos. So yeah, for sure. I, I'm really pouring so much love and effort into my YouTube channel. Um, yeah. I just feel like this, um, this pull and this need for some reason to upload there um, a little a little more consistently and a little like pr- really prioritizing that I think just because of the um, the validity of the situation and the how much there is to say about it it's really hard to do that in reels um, and like captions and like so I think it just seems like a better platform for this kind of conversation and dialogue. So I've been really pushing that because um, I also, it's a place where I get to uh, explore my creativity a little bit more. I've been doing YouTube since I was literally in seventh grade. So I have a lot of experience with videography and cinematography, and I don't get to show a a lot of that on my um, Instagram and TikTok. So um, this video I'm about to post is like, it's all about um, 15 tips for uh, living on your own for the first time. Um, and this can apply yeah. to anybody, not just some people that have gone through divorce, but people yeah. that are just coming from mom and dad's coming out of college. Um, and I, you know, I got creative with the cinematography and some of the B-roll. And so I'm just really, I'm so passionate about it. And I think that 
um, that's a place where people can um, can get a little bit more like context and me out of it versus just like a reel that's like a trend or whatever, you know? So. Yeah. And I think your channel is even, I don't know, more appealing just because everything you do is so beautiful. Thank you. So it's kind of nice that you're marrying like the beauty, but then also your message is very, has, it's like, it's really great content. It's really meaningful content. It's not just like, you know, vapid, like, oh, it's just pretty. And then nice nice to look at. It's marrying the two, which I think is really awesome. And um, definitely why I like gravitate and like, like watching your videos because it's just so well done. Yeah. That's really, really good to know. I think, I, when I was going through it, I, um, it was at the very beginning. I didn't even know if I was getting divorced yet, but I looked up on TikTok, like 21 and divorced and the, or just like divorced in general. And the only content I could find was people that were 15 years after divorce or, you know, were already remarried or whatnot. And I was like, this is not helpful. I don't want to, I'm not even, I'm nowhere close to that. I don't even know if I'm getting divorced. Like, I'm just like, I, all I know is that my marriage is falling apart. So like, it would be helpful to see somebody who's like also going through something like that. And I think that's, well, months later, that's where I felt that call. It's like, maybe, maybe there's more people out there like me and maybe I can talk about it from somebody like at that point who had no authority in the situation like I know I I not know like what was happening but I was like all I know is that Mm -hmm. I'm going to share what I'm going through Mm -hmm. and I have a little bit more authority just because it's been like 10 months just a little more experience to share and and some tips and advice that have been helpful but I'm still very much going through it like I talked to my mom last night and I was like I was like oh my gosh like but like I'm feeling this way and it's it's been 10 months and she's like Lauren it's only been 10 months. It's only been 10 months. But when you have people online that tell me, like, I see like a comment being like several hundreds of comments being like, shut up about it. We get it. Like, it's been so long. Like, all you do is talk about divorce. So it's like, I have two sides telling me you should shut up and talk. stop talking about it. It's been so long. And then other people that are like, it's been no time at all. No time has passed. So I'm like, it's a... I'm trying to lean into people that that are saying, hey, it's not been that long. You need to extend a little bit more grace to yourself. I'm like, yeah, that's probably right. (laughs) Definitely. I think we were, um, Mikkel Jantz, I don't know. You've probably seen her talk about this too, but she gets a lot of the same criticisms and I don't know me. I'm like, I, this is all so helpful. Like I've never, I've been through kind of like breakup situations on a divorce, but everything she shares, I'm like, no, I want to hear about this because I know for me, just going through a heartbreak that wasn't a divorce, it took me like years to get over that. So, you know, yeah, people are so critical online. I I would definitely lean more into where you feel like God pulling you and also just like helping people because if they're not interested in that content, then just don't watch. Like, you know, right. Like, get out of here. This is for the people that it's really helping. Yeah. yeah. And there's such value in like hearing people in like all different stages of their journey. So, like, you 10 months, like, it was equally valuable, you a month, and it will be equally valuable like years down the road as well. Like, there yeah. is such wisdom that you get in different stages of that journey and in, in different levels of that healing that like like you were saying like when you were in the midst of it it wasn't super helpful to hear someone 15 years past it because you're like that's not where I'm at like I can't relate to that yet and so I think it's so valuable to have voices in all different areas of that healing journey because then 
you know, for someone who is in the midst of it as well, they can look to you and be like, okay, 10 months, you know, this could be me 10 months from now. Right. Like, that's a lot more attainable than 15 years. <laughs> right. Exactly. And I think not to get too much into like the content side of it, but like I was kind of faced just like last week with feeling like, like I know that people want the content of me, like some people really want the content of me, like struggling and like the everyday struggle and like struggle, struggle, struggle and sad and depressed and hurting and lost and confused because they're feeling that, but yeah. I'm healing and I'm growing and mm-hmm. Mikkel, yeah, she's talked about this as well. She's like, she's like, and even like, that's what gets more views and like, yeah. that's what like people want to see and what you know gets people's attention more and this is my job so it feels like healing is a bad thing almost which is so just I mean it's just it's very specific to like me so I know that can't really help people but maybe just help people understand like what I go through on like a content creator side like I'm like darn it I'm healing but I'm like what like that should be a good thing you know and so I'm trying to I um I'm processing the fact that you know what? There's enough content of me out there now struggling. It's out there. If somebody needs to see that content of of feeling validated, it's there. I don't need to continue making like all this content of me like really having a rough time because those days are getting less and less for me. And that's a good thing. And so maybe I share that. Now I'm in this part of my journey of the days are uh, not as hard every single day But however, like two nights ago, I got hit with a wave of grief. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that sucks. But now, you know, another three weeks and then another, you know, then four months, you know, so it's like, it is getting more spaced out. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at right now, which is again, that's a different part of my journey and eventually would love to show one day that, Hey, I'm in a relationship and it's like very successful and happy and healthy and I don't know how I'll navigate that like publicly. I don't, as of right now, I would not like to show my relationship publicly just because I am like scarred from doing that the last time. But, <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, when I get there, I'll get there. And that's going to be that part of the journey. So I think, I think I have to keep in mind that the people, the, the right sided, the right minded people that are watching my stuff want to see see me heal eventually. They want to see the journey get better. They don't want to see me be depressed for like 10 years, you know? So yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that's something a lot of content creators struggle with. It's just like, oh, do I post what feels authentic to me and what's Mm -hmm. actually happening or what I know will get views or will make the most amount of people happy? Because you're never going to make everybody happy I know Megan and I we posted a video (laughs) on a certain topic that like got way more views than anything else and has gotten all this engagement and we're like we don't want to talk about that again but that's (laughs) like what (laughs) it's just it's such a hard balance (laughs) it's really hard I totally get that I like yeah that's why like I again not to get too much into like content stuff but like that's why I set up like content pillars for myself so that like I know that not every video I talk about is divorce so I do like cottage core stuff um self-love um self-love related things maybe like outdoors and nature kind of more related yeah. stuff which is kind of more cottage core and then divorce heartbreak that realm so that I know I'm diversifying my content enough so that the people that love the cottage core stuff, you know, 
they that's there the people that like are going through divorce that's there too the people that are you know just wanting self-care body image self-love that's there as well and it's not just like all i talk about is divorce um yeah. so anyway that's just again from a content creator side it's weird it's weird going through this process of divorce and then also being it's hard to navigate it so publicly at times as well so that's that's a whole different we could do a whole different podcast on just that but yeah i'm excited to see whatever you post (laughs) i'm excited to follow along (laughs) thank you guys so much i appreciate this and your questions were honestly really helpful for me to even like reflect on all this i'm like hmm what what am i looking for eventually like in a relationship so it was it was fun this has really been so so great um and i think it's gonna be so helpful for people in all different like stages of their lives Mm -hmm. listening whether they've gone through a divorce or not or just a breakup like i think a lot of what you said was really insightful and really helpful. So I'm really excited to share this with our audience. I'm so glad. Well, thank you guys so much again.